Jimmy, Jimmy Williams. Um, we have known each other for a long time. A long time. <laughs> it's got to be pushed in somewhere close to 25 years. Yeah, yeah. man. Our, our families uh, grew up together. Our, our kids grew up together. And um, you and I did a lot of stuff together. We were in church together for a long time and did a lot of music together and just hung out did life together. And so, uh, yeah, dude, this is, this is awesome. I can't think of anybody else I'd rather have a conversation with than you. That's awesome. It is really cool. Full circle. Um, Jimmy pulled me out of retirement from my old band days, um, uh, playing in those CD, <laughs> CD establishments and got me on a worship team in a youth, youth band on Wednesday nights. And, uh, I, I was blown away. Uh, by participating in that. And then we went from there to a startup church and I got to serve under Jimmy's leadership as the worship pastor. He was the worship pastor and I got to serve on his team for, for a number of years there. And you know, that was well before the technology of companies such as Loop Community. We were analog. You know, we had the books and the paper and the sheets and the That's binders right. and the, <laughs> the binders. <laughs> all, all the things. It was awesome. Uh, so, um, so we go way back and, yeah. uh, and have to cross paths many times uh, over these last 20, 20 to 25 years. Uh, and then to get to sit down recently and kind of reconvene this, this way has just been, just been a, a pleasure. And so um, part of why we're here today is, uh, and I do want to hear a little bit about that story of kind of how you landed with Jesus culture. Mm-hmm. And then I want to get into the more prominent question of, you said something at a meeting we had recently, a coffee meeting, that really struck me. And I thought this is something that people need to hear when they're writing for the church specifically. So tell us a little bit of how you landed where you are right now. Yeah, man, it's it's been a journey for sure. Um, I think when when you and I first started hanging out, you know, I had been in Christian music for about eight years, more on the administrative side. And I was doing copyright and royalties, um, started with Brentwood Music, which was like the mom and pop company that eventually became Provident Music. It was Jim Van Hook's company. And we were a, a tiny instrumental music company at the time. And but I was there during uh, a lot of transition of, of them being purchased and then uh, that parent company buying Reunion Records and then eventually buying Benson Records and merging all that together to form Provident Music Group. So it was a it was a season of a lot of change and and some really cool stuff that was going on in music. And um, I always tell people like my my first claim to fame in the music business is I got to do all of the song agreements for the Jars of Clay first record, <laughs> which was super cool. But um, yeah, so when you and I met, I had I had just started to transition out of there um, during that eight years that I was working in Christian music. At the same time, I was leading worship at church and I loved what I did on the business side. But my heart was really more on the worship side, leading worship and just uh, pastoring people, raising up young leaders. And so that was that was my passion. And eventually I had the opportunity to step into that full time, uh, which is where you and I started hanging out and doing music together. And, um, and it was awesome. It was a really, really sweet time. It was a lot of hard work. Planning churches is no joke. And so anybody that's ever done that gets what I'm saying, but it was also a time of, 
a real blessing is a lot of fruit and relationships that still exist today. I mean, we still have a lot of great friends that were part of that, uh, mm -hmm. that season there um, with our church. And, but eventually that church began to wrap up and I ended up going back into the music business at the time. I started working for what was then EMI Christian music. And I was more, again, on the administrative side, I was doing some PRO work, which I know you're super familiar with. And then, film and TV licensing and some things like that. And um, I was there for a couple of years, ended up stepping out again for about a year. The church I was attending was starting a new service and they were like, hey, would you come on board and help us launch this thing? And and so I stepped away from again from the music business for about a year and did full time church worship ministry. And and then I got a call uh, from Eddie DeGarmo over at, at EMI Christian Music. And Eddie said, hey, you know, we've got an opening at Worship Together. We need somebody to come in and run this division. And, you know, we would love for you to come back and do it. And, you know, Worship Together had always been really special to me because as I was learning about worship and growing, one of the first events I ever went to was a Worship Together conference. I think it was in 1999 or something like that at, at the what was then the People's Church in Franklin. And, man, it just blew my mind. I was like, uh, you know, Matt Redman was there and, and um, you know, some guys from the UK were over and uh, Sonic Flood was there. And it was just, you know, amazing. And, and I'd never experienced anything like that in that type of setting. And uh, you and I both were like, we grew up being in bands, you know, like we were band guys. And so <laughs> really the first time I'd ever experienced worship in like a real modern context with a band and great musicians and all these kind of cool sounds and guitars and, and man, I just walked away from that. Like what in the world was that? And how can I be involved more with yeah. that? And so when EMI called and Eddie called and said, Hey, would you come back and, and run worship together? I, I went to my church leadership and shared with them and it was unanimous. Everybody said, you know what, this is who you are. This is such a, a passion of yours. We, you know, you should go do it. And so that started, you know, I didn't know that I would be there as long as I was, but it started a 17 year kind of uh, stint and term there at, at EMI would eventually would become Capital Christian Music Group. And uh, man, it was just such a an incredible ride. I was so grateful for all of the, the years that I was there. I got to work with so many of my heroes in the worship world and, you know, be a part of some songs that went around the world. And and uh, it was just super a special time, man. And I was so grateful. And, you know, I, I think probably a couple of years ago, you know, probably during 2020, like COVID as it did for many people just gave everybody a chance to sort of take a step back and ask a lot of questions. Like, am I really doing what I feel like I need to be doing right now? You know, is there something else, you know, that God has for me? And I think it probably started in 2020 when I first, you know, for the 15, 16 years I'd been there, for the first time I started to think, you know what, there may be like another season, there may be something else that, you know, that I should do, you know, eventually. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't know when it was. Um, and it sort of nagged me. I would I'd say it kind of nagged me and chased me for about two years. And yeah, at times it was frustrating because I was like, man, I feel this, but I don't really know what it is. And so I had some good friends praying with me. And of course, Jennifer and I were praying together and um, last in the summer of 2022, 
I got a uh, call from from um, a good friend uh, who is a part of Jesus Culture and said, "Hey, you know, we've got a uh, we realize here that we need a full time president for the label. Um, your name is is at the top of that list. Would you consider this?" And you know, I, I knew at the time you know, when I got the call, I was like, "I think this might be what we've been feeling, you know, for two years." But you know, we you know, did the due diligence and, you know, did a bunch of conversations and make sure they knew what they were getting with me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and I knew what I was getting into, but, you know, every step of the way, uh, God just confirmed, you know, just that, Hey, this is a season, like everything that's happened in, in your life and your ministry up to this point is preparing you for this season. And so I felt really a, just a ton of peace. Um, even though it was hard to step away from everything that we had built uh, at Capital Worship together, and we had an um, yeah, there's an amazing team there, and you know the good thing is we had we'd hired good people, we had really trained people up, and so me transitioning out eventually uh, was actually it was a celebration in a lot of ways for me and, and for that staff, but it, it was from a business standpoint, it's kind of a non-event because they were already kind of running things, and I was able to move into this new role with with Jesus Culture and and just hit the ground running, and so. Uh, it's been just an amazing, you know, almost a year now since I stepped into that, that, uh, that position. And um, yeah, and I'm loving it, man. I'm just affirmed every day. That's like, you know, God is, is, he knows better than I do, you know, what my steps should be. And so I'm just super grateful that it's kind of landed the way it has. That's amazing, Jim. The reason I wanted you to share that is because it's real important that folks hear and know that the infrastructure behind the worship teams they hear and the worship songs that do go around the world and and, and really help penetrate heart. Um, so many of the folks behind that, to hear your, your heart is for worship. Your heart is for the church. It's not just, well, this is a business and it's all about money. It's, mm. it's like you are a worship pastor and you come to this with the experience of you know twenty plus years of the industry and the knowledge of how to make the infrastructure work, you know for and within the church, but it's not void of the heart mm. and the reason why you're doing it, and that's that's really special. Mm. And um, we would we would like to think that that's you know not unique, but in the business of things, sometimes that can be unique, and so. Um, Recently, you and I got to reconnect and sat down over a cup of coffee and and it was just a great time. And you were just sharing, like coming in to this role and speaking with the team. Um, you were sharing something that you kind of used as a, as a rule of thumb for writing for the church. And I've never heard this perspective. There may be others that have done it and do it and talk about it, but I have not I've not heard anybody speak of this. Um, but the template of the Lord's Prayer by way of writing for the church for worship um, was something that just really struck with me and just stayed with me for a while. And I remember reaching out and say, Hey, would you, would you mind sharing this um, with, with, with Luke community and the, and the uh, interview that we do? Uh, because I think it's just really important to be heard. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I don't know that there's anything that's new under the sun. You know, I feel like I've, there's variations of, of this thought that I've, I've read and heard from different people. But, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, just being involved with songs and, and being around worship writers and we're always we're 
thinking of ways of like, how can we inspire people? How can we, you know, give people some direction? Um, maybe even a little bit of like a bumper of like, you know, if you see a lot of songs heading a certain direction thematically or whatever, it's like, how do you bring people back to sort of like the center of like, Hey, you know, maybe this is what we should be focused on or writing about. And so I, I think, as you know, as a publisher, it's like you have that privilege to sort of speak into those areas and um, and I've, I've always just kind of asked, like, during seasons, like, okay, God, what are you doing right now in the church? And, like, you know, what should be the focus? Like, what are you, how are you leading? What are you speaking? And to be able to share that, you know, with writers, not that they don't hear it on their own, but just for us collectively to talk about, you know, just, like, here's what we feel like, you know, the church really wants to sing right now. And I was doing some study on the Lord's prayer. I was actually, I wasn't even studying it from a music standpoint. I was really studying it from more from a prayer standpoint. I, I got yeah. really involved with prayer ministry at our church uh, over the last couple of years and, and became really passionate about it and just read a ton of books and just tried to learn as much as I could. And, you know, I was studying um, that prayer, you know, in Matthew. And I, I noticed as I was reading through it, I was like, you know, there's really like, there's really three parts to this prayer. I started to see a sort of a theme, you know, kind of emerge out of the prayer in this, in sort of this template. I was like, man, there's really, there's really three types of prayers that, that Jesus is communicating here. He's, he's teaching us, um, which, you know, just to back up a little bit, this, the context of this is, you know, his disciples come to him and they say, Hey, Lord, teach us how to pray. You know, they, they come to him and they teach us how to pray. And so, you know, he, I think, Jesus could have said a lot, right? He could have given them a real theological lesson. He could have told them um, some parables, you know, the way that he would teach, but he didn't. He actually taught them by praying a prayer and mm -hmm. said, when you pray, first off, which I think was really, I think is a big part of this. It said, you know, go away in your room, you know, where nobody can see you and, and pray, you know? And so he was kind of coming against this idea of like, you know, the, an authentic prayer is one that is is really nobody else sees it, but God sees it. And that's what what God honors. And so that meant something to me. And then as I began to read through this prayer, I realized there was these three distinct sec sections of the prayer. And, you know, even starting from the beginning with uh, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I was like, man, that's like a that's like a prayer of reverence. Right. That's like that's worship right off the spot. It's like before we even get into like asking for anything. Um, making any petition, anything like that, we're actually starting um, with worship, just recognizing who God is, recognizing his attributes. And so I was like, man, that's a that's a prayer of reverence. And then I read through and I got into the next section there. It's like, you know, your, um, your will be done, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And I was like, man, like that's praying for something that's not yet, but is coming. And um, and I said to me, that's what that's a prayer of transcendence. In other words, we're praying across time and space um, in faith of what Jesus has promised that he's going to do in the end. You know, and, and that prayer beautifully ties into Revelation. When we get into Revelation four and five, and you start getting that image of Jesus, uh, the resurrected and the King Jesus that John sees and, and describes in Revelation. We start understanding like that that prayer is actually reaching forward through time and space to a time when Jesus is going to return. And we're praying those things that they would, they would happen on earth, just like they are in heaven. So I was like, man, what a beautiful like prayer of transcendence, a prayer that actually 
is bigger than anything that's around me. It actually transcends space and time. And the fact that that Jesus says through showing us the spirit, we can actually pray for those things and believe those things to pass just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. There's nothing it tells that prayer tells me there's nothing that's too big, too great, too out, that's too crazy that we can't pray and ask for and that that prayer will be heard. So that was the second part of this was the prayer of transcendence. And then you get into, you know, the give us this day, our daily bread, forgive us of our trespasses, you know, all the things that God knows we need and obviously are, are legitimate prayers. These are prayers of dependence. And so these three sections that I, um, I identified and I've seen variations of this, but what I saw was a prayer of reverence, prayer of transcendence and a prayer of dependence. Mm-hmm. And somewhere during this process, I, I, you know, because we're, you know, you and I, like we're song people, you know, sometime during this process, I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, prayer is really, I mean, worship is really sung prayers. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's really what we're doing. I mean, if you look at the Psalms, those are prayers, but those were sung prayers as well. And uh, even in some veins of the church, you know, like when they get ready to worship, they'll say, hey, let's pray together. And that means that, like, let's agree together. Let's sing these songs. So I thought, I was like, man, isn't that beautiful? What if the songs that we're creating, the songs that we were leading on Sunday actually represented and hit those three styles or those three buckets within the Lord's Prayer? And so it it really challenged me to think about like like a worship set. Like if you're picking three or four songs for a Sunday, like, is there a song in there that's just a song of worship? It's nothing about me. It's just about who God is. Is there a song in there that's really a song, a prayer of transcendence? Like, are we are we singing about things like, you know, we don't have a lot of, hymn, of new songs anymore that are about heaven. But back in the old days of the hymns, we used to sing about heaven all the time. <laughs> and so those are like, you know, um, I'll fly away. That's a song of transcendence. Like, you know, one day this is what's going to happen. One day Jesus is going to return. You know, that great, how great thou art. Those those are, those last verses of those songs were transcendent in nature. And um, do I have some of those moments in my worship set? I have a moment like that. And then, of course, the songs of dependence, which I think as people, we're really comfortable going there because we recognize our need. We're, we're comfortable singing about, you know, what God, what we're asking God to do. And so these are the songs like, Lord, I need you. Um, or just as I am, like the old hymn, songs mm-hmm. of where we're petitioning God um, to do something or to meet a need that we have. And so I thought it, at the time, I was like, man, what a healthy way to make sure that I'm not throwing all of my, yeah, I'm, I'm actually covering what Jesus said to pray. I'm not actually just singing about one thing. I'm not just singing songs of dependence. I'm actually making sure that I worship, that I recognize who God is. I'm, I'm actually singing songs that, are proclaiming things that are not as though they were. And then, you know, I'm actually, you know, singing some songs and asking God for his provision, his help is him to intercede for us. So um, it, it sort of turned what well, started off as a prayer study turned into a kind of a worship study. <laughs> and so um, it really opened, it opened my mind a lot. It gave me a, a little bit of a framework um, to think about worship sets, but also worship songwriting. And so, you know, as I would see, you know, there's a season where I just saw a lot of songs that were like songs of dependence. You know, it's like everybody was writing, especially like 2020, man, like was all <laughs> songs of dependence. <laughs> it's like, God help me through this time. 
<laughs> but yes. what I saw in the church in the last couple of years is things that were really resonating were songs of worship and songs of transcendence. And, and you know, like the chorus uh, song Worthy of It All, which is, has been around for a long time, all of a sudden like made this big resurgence in the church. Everybody was singing that song um, because it just nothing about us. It was all about just who God was um, and, and what he's going to do in the future. So it, it really kind of helped bring a balance to that and, and gave me a little bit of a framework, at least to talk about it to songwriters. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, you guys just recent, re- recently released a, a new record. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty exciting. It was, uh, it was, it was amazing. You know, when I came on with Jesus culture, it was November of 2022 and um, they were already, sort of thinking album you know they were they had done uh, um some writing for that and uh but there wasn't any firm plans and so i really kind of stepped into the thick of it and you know granted like you know me man like i'm a publishing guy like i understand the recording side of things but that's not where i spent 17 years i spent 17 years helping develop songs and and resource the church and so the recording piece of it luckily i had um some great uh, partners with our our label and you know they they helped us kind of get around you know producers and you know recording and and like you know how we're going to do that and um but man it was uh it was amazing we we started kind of into the process in november we recorded in march which was felt really fast to me but um i think that the deadlines really helped you know with creative sometimes they need deadlines and that actually worked in our favor because it forced people to just like oh wow we're we've got an album we've got to have demos done in january mm-hmm. february to begin to produce you know do pre-production on these i've got to get into gear and so it actually it mobilized all of our our writers and our artists to really begin to kind of to dial in and to write and it was amazing i think we got some incredible songs out of it um and it was that good blend. You know, I felt like going into this record, I mean, we're coming out of 2020, 2021 and Jesus culture is located in California and man, God bless the church in California. They, they had a heck of a time in 2020 and, um, and we're just starting to see, you know, just like light at the end of that tunnel. And so, uh, you know, we really felt like with this record, it's like this, this album is about Thanksgiving. It's about joy. You know, it's, it's just a celebration that we're, you know, the church is, is, is not going to be overcome. We're still together. We're still singing together. And so I think that reflected a lot in this album. There's a lot of songs of joy. There's a lot of songs of faith, uh, a lot of songs of, of transcendence as well. Just songs, singing about things that we're proclaiming today that is not yet come yet, but we're believing uh, them to happen. So um, it turned out great. Had a whole bunch of worship leaders. I think we had um eight artists on this record (laughs) and so it was a lot of people but we really felt like you know during this season we really needed to uh to show um just the the audience and the people that were fans of jesus culture like this is a movement and and this is who we are and there's a lot of a lot of pieces of this there's a lot of faces but we're a collective and we're all on mission together and so um, this record with you know besides the music you know for churches and for worship listeners it was really also just a statement of you know what we're we're a community and um and we're very united in this and so um 
it, the way it turned out, the way it worked out was, uh, was really great, but it was a lot of hard work. <laughs> I, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Ste- stepping right in, huh? That's yes. pretty wild. Well, congratulations on, on seeing it through and you know what it's like when you get one done, there's not a lot of breathing time to start. No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, then you get, you know, I, I feel for artists, you know, cause they'll have a release and it's like, you know, if it's successful, you know, it's like amazing. And now they start feeling the pressure of having to follow it up, you know, right. <laughs> with the next, with the next recording. And so I definitely feel a little bit of that, but we're really excited going into next year and, and just excited about trying some new things. You know, I think, you know, worship music is continuing as it always has is continuing to change. And, um, you know, the needs of the church continue to change. And so I'm actually really excited and optimistic for next year of just, you know, trying some things and doing some things that are maybe a little bit outside the box. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm not going to try to, to totally recreate what we've already done. So I'm taking the pressure off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is there, um, we've got the album. We're very thankful to have the album up and it's available at loop community is, are there, a focus track or two that we should we should point to and highlight and say, hey, this is this is the one we need to all jump on as a church. Yeah, I mean, you know how songs are, man. This, these they're like your babies, you know, your kids. So like, it's hard to really kind of pick one or two, you know. But um, you know, everything that has breath, which was from Brian and Katie Torwald, immediately we knew was something really special about that song. Um, the uh, the other song that was. You know, you kind of go in thinking like, man, I think there's something really special here, but I don't really know. But, you know, one of the songs that really did great just kind of right out of the right out of the release was uh, was Chris. Can you hear my dog, Chad? I can a little bit. It's all right. <laughs> Is it distracting? <laughs> Sorry. It's part of the, it's part of the uh, Amazon delivery guy. <laughs> um, no, but there was a song from Chris McCartney that. Um, has done super well just right out of the gate, uh, let the people sing. And again, I think this was part of just this this celebration of like, man, we're so glad to be back together as a church and operating normally. Um, and so there's just, you know, there's Chris Kilala's got a couple of songs that are so Chris Kilala. It just reminds you of, of the great things that you loved about Jesus culture. And actually one of the unique things on this record was Lindy Kofer, who has been a friend of uh, Jesus Culture. I love Lindy. I actually was some part of signing Lindy as a writer when I was at Capitol. And she's such a gift and such an amazing uh, worship leader and a person. But she actually joined us on this album as well on a couple of songs. So, you know, it's hard to pick a few, but, you know, if, if you need something like a song one to open up your church, I would say Let the People Sing or Faith For It from Derek Johnson. And, um, Everything that has breath is just one of those power songs. And if you're a revival church, you should check out uh, No One Else, Tear Down the Idols from Lindy. And that will uh, that will set your heart on fire as well. But it, it's an amazing group of songs. There's some new faces on it, too, which is exciting for me. There's some leaders there that um, are going to be new to people. And that warms my heart because I'm all about um, just helping raise up this next generation of worship leaders. So um, I think there's something on there for for everybody and super thankful uh, for Luke community just for you know, the resources, how you guys have served the church so faithfully over the years and just the innovative tools. Um, Chad, what would we have done when we were in church if we would have had stems at the time, right? Oh man, it would have been crazy. 
<laughs> but what you guys are doing is such a gift and um, you guys are so innovative um, with what you're doing. And so, man, I'm super thankful uh, for you guys and just um, how you guys have faithfully served. And I'm, I'm glad that Matt chased his dream and, um, and brought this thing forward as much as he has. But um, you guys have been amazing and an amazing partner. And so uh, just super grateful for what you guys are doing. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much. And on behalf of the Loop community team, thank you and Jesus Culture for what you're doing. Yeah, man. It was great spending time with you. Hey, anytime you want to hang out, Chad, let's grab coffee. Let's do it. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Couldn't do what we do without you. Let us know in the comments what you thought. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube. Stay tuned. We got a bunch more stuff coming. Appreciate you guys. See ya. Thank you.